0: a heads up, this show contains some explicit content. You're listening to
1: a Sim Media podcast.
0: Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore thrash, and heavy metal community. My name is Jason and this is The Great Metal Standoff, the podcast that hits music's greatest albums in track by track combat. Pantera is a band that was bound to be dissected on this show at some point but because I naively never explored their style or their contemporaries I didn't know what sort of opponent would be suitable to go head to head with them. Thankfully a few months ago when discussing this dilemma with Imran, he came back to me with Gojira from Mars to Sirius. And I'm going to let Imran explain his reason for this album shortly. Where I will also explain why the Pantera album I chose to compete on the standoff was the Great Southern Trendkill. What I will do right now is introduce to you Imran and I's guest for this battle set up by our four-time previous guest, Hannah, over at the main radio show, Mosh Pit, as she currently has assembled her new presenting crew for 2022. This gives Imran and I great pride in how vibrant the main show, Mosh Pit, has become after our stint in charge of the Thursday night program back in 2020. So therefore, in act of pride for myself and Imran, we're going to meet the 2022 crew for this podcast right here. We will be meeting Hannah's co-host, Darcy Thomas, in which this appearance is going to essentially complete his baptism into the mosh pit kingdom. Here's how the battle will work. Every album battle will be contested in track by track format by our podcast panel. Each individual panelist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to that individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panelist awards it a gold star, which we're going to need today. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point for that album. If a panelist's tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive a half grand point each. And finally, the album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. Alright, let's see how Pantera, the Great Southern Trendkill vs Gojira from Master Sirius came to be. And let's meet Darcy. Roll the audio. <laughs> You know what Imran, I said this in the intro and I want to say it again because I am very proud of this. When we were in charge of this, uh, the main mosh pit show back in 2020, it was very nice to have a crew that carried us over in 2021 and henceforth 2022. So it, it gives us great pride to introduce someone from the 2022 crew onto the show today.
1: Yes, I'm excited. I've never met this man before in my life.
0: Neither have I, but Hannah said he's a really nice guy. Darcy, Welcome.
1: That's nice. That's a nice greeting.
2: <laughs> Dusty Thomas, nice guy. That's, in, that's on my resume. Yeah. <laughs>
3: well, that's but, good yeah, to hear. That, I mean, nice but...
2: to meet you guys too. Nice to meet you some of the oldies. <laughs>
0: oldies who have been kicked <laughs> off the show. i <laughs> still allowed to meet the new crew and do a show yeah. you know, in conjunction <laughs> yeah. with the main one. You're allowed.
2: They allow you to.
0: Yeah, And a little bit of Inside Baseball. We ended up calling you out publicly on air because we did a little ad for the last podcast on the show. And then we went... Oh, by the way, Darcy, we're always available.
2: <laughs> Are you guys even in the age limit anymore?
0: Do they oh, know yeah. in
2: the Sin Building? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not okay, allowed okay. to
1: disclose my age.
2: <laughs> I could be
1: anywhere between 0 and 100.
2: Yeah. not allowed to play with Lego anymore. <laughs> you hit that
1: 103. Uh, no. I was trying to
0: think, though, Lego. Well, there's Lego Masters and there's a lot of adults on that, so I, don't, I think it is a bit more of a
1: universal habit than normal. True. Isn't the age limit of Lego like 99? Yeah, that's what I'm
2: saying, on, on like the box. It's like 103 or something.
1: I thought it was 99.
2: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe oh. they brought it down
1: so some old people can have
2: some more fun. Who knows? Who knows?
0: Well, anyway, enough about Lego. Darcy, it's very good to have you on the standoff once again. Pantera v Gojira, but before we get to that, let's just get to know you a little bit. What sent you down the rabbit hole to join this wacky world that is heavy metal?
2: Um, I don't know. It's a hard one. I think it's. I was always into kind of like from a very young age. Mum was into like alternative music, not like metal, but stuff like like the Violent Femmes and like the Cure and stuff like that. So I always had an interest in music that wasn't completely mainstream. Um, but I also had an older brother who was into metal at the time, and I think he's influenced me a lot. Like he was in bands when he was a teenager. I thought he was really cool. But yeah, like I don't know. I've, I've just always liked it. There was always like. I remember once when I was like 10, my brother put like an obituary CD on. I was like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> I like this a lot. So yeah, it's, a, I don't know, it's a hard question.
1: What kind of music do you, do you generally listen to on a daily?
2: <laughs> it's such a mix. I I listen from pretty much anything from like, I listen to a lot of old, like sort of bluesy country kind of stuff and like also a lot of like modern surf rock kind of things as well and and a lot of metal too these days i'd say these days i listen to a lot more like extreme kind of metal i listen to like a lot of hardcore and like grindcore and k- crust punk and stuff like that
0: i've never heard of crust punk can you define that Me please neither. oh it's like i don't know how
2: i don't know how to describe it without seeming mean <laughs> it's like um really extreme kind of the band Dystopia, if you've ever heard of them, would be cross punk. So like really dealing with like dystopia. social issues, like poor, but like poor and usually coming from pretty bad backgrounds and just dealing with that kind of stuff. But it literally is like, if you think grindcore is intense, it's like some of the most heavy and intense music I've ever heard in my life. Which isn't a very technical defini- definition, but you know, <laughs> it'll have to do, right? it's all I got. Yeah, so yeah.
0: basically find out who Dystopia are, and then that's the yeah,
2: game. yeah, that, yeah, that's listen just from, go there. from there, yeah, right exactly. On.
0: Yeah, your brother was in a band, were you ever? Uh,
2: no, I I definitely played songs with bands, like in shows and stuff, but I was never like a proper part of it, you know.
1: What kind of instruments do you play or instruments? I just play guitar,
2: I play like a little bit of piano, but only enough to like get me to learn the one song that i wanted to learn i just kind of got rid of it (laughs) what was it what was it no it was a piano it was a piano but it wasn't a proper piano oh what was the song what was the song Uh, like it was called like gymnopathy number one you would recognize it if you heard it okay
1: that was a classical piece
2: yeah a little bit a little bit classical i say a little bit yeah so it's classical i don't (laughs) know how it can be (laughs) just a bit just a little bit. But yeah, I probably don't remember how to play that anymore either.
0: Ah, <laughs> Yeah, you do lose Aww. it if you forget practicing. Uh, just wanted to quickly ask you as well, now that you're also part of the crew here on Mosh Pit on Scene at the main show, Thursday nights, 8 o'clock on Sin, of course, as you know, we're, our, we're the B-side podcaster of that show, how has it been being involved in the week-to-week process of Mosh Pit here on here at CIN? What What got you into that? What got you to join the crew?
2: Well, it's uh, nepotism, actually. Uh, Hannah, Hannah, the current host, <laughs> is actually a pretty good friend of mine. I see her all the time, and she knew she know I listened to metal. One time she just came up and was like, hey, do you want to be in a, a, a radio show? I was like, oh, I, I never thought I'd get asked that question. But um, <laughs> yeah, but immediately I was like, interested because like it, it's kind of hard to put in the way. I've listened to like a lot of different metal shows on like radio stations or like, you know like headbangers ball on vh one hits or something like that it played a lot of metal but there's also like a lot of the stuff that i i really like doesn't really get played that much and i thought it would be like a good opportunity to be able to put that stuff out there and i i go to a lot of shows in melbourne and like know a lot of people and bands and it'd be good to kind of share that love you know the people i know and like and
0: yeah, that, uh, that's an exciting thing to do. Very noble of you. And uh, hey, we've had Hannah on the show about four times. We can attest. She is wonderful. She's a class actor yeah, through yeah, and through. Great. Can confirm. Exactly. Imran. Yes. We have a list of battles. Imran's seen the list of battles that I've had since we conceptualized the Great Metal Standoff. I talk about it a lot in recent times. I don't listen to Pantera all that often. I'm going to admit that right at, right away. It's a cardinal sin. I admit it, but it's just, it's the truth. When I wanted to put a Pantera album on the standoff, I didn't know where to start. The only songs I'd listened to were, at that point was the song Floods, which comes off the Great Southern Trend Kill. So therefore, nice. I thought the way to go into it would be do the Great Southern Trend Kill. But for a very, very long time, I didn't know what kind of opponent would do, and Imran brought the goods a few months ago and suggested from Master series. So this is a very much an Imran-proposed battle. Imran... From Master Series by Gojira, what made that the opponent for Pantera?
1: Originally, it was because it has uh, almost the same amount of tracks as uh, the Great Southern Trendkill, so I kind of went off of that, so it, you know, it didn't get too complicated with the the Golden Star rule. But um, after listening to both of the albums back to back, I thought it was very interesting because they're both similar, but also different album- albums, or like even bands in their own respect. It's like they've they're both kind of got that almost death metal-y sound uh to them but you know one like pantera goes in one direction and Gojira goes in another direction and I thought it'd be it's very interesting kind of putting these two together especially song by song that's that was kind of my thought process
0: right and when we proposed this one to Darcy he was he met us back with quite a bit of enthusiasm didn't you Darcy
1: well I did because I <laughs>
2: I don't listen to much Pantera these days, I'll be honest. And I think it's probably like since I listened to it I listened to both albums this afternoon in preparation for this. I made a big list of notes, but I I don't know. It's kinda I, I and I also said that I'd listen to the um Gujira album, but I think I was thinking of a completely different album. I think this is the first time I've ever heard the album, the um from Master Sirius. And
0: how much? Oh, not Sorry to interrupt you there, but how much Gojira had you listened to before
2: tonight? Very little. Very, very little. little at all, actually. Yeah, this is pretty much like probably the first time. I, I've definitely seen the, like, if I was watching like a metal shows like one of their like music videos, but I don't think anything because it's a 2005 album. Is it? I don't think it would have been anything like that long ago if they're still running. You know? Yeah, the Pantera. I I do. I have listened to this album quite a lot. When I, when I was like a teenager, like a young, young teenage boy.
0: Uh, were they one of those gateway metal bands for you?
2: I'd say so. I'd say it was definitely an influence for me learning how to play guitar. And it's like still, like if I ever try to learn anything, it's like it'll always either sound like death, like the death metal band, a oh, little yeah. bit like Pantera Oof. and just like, yeah, I know. Yeah. So yeah, definitely still lasting.
0: Your words are making Imran grin from ear to ear. I think you're speaking his language. <laughs>
2: yeah but uh yeah i was actually surprised that i hadn't heard more from gejiro because they are like one of those big prominent bands
1: especially
0: now too yeah
1: good that they're still going they're coming to uh, australia at the end of the year really um it's a good things festival
2: oh yeah i forgot about that yeah there's heaps of big bands playing now like soulfly <laughs> yeah 303 You need a lot of
1: 303. Oh, that's how you you say that name. I was wondering how you pronounce that.
2: Yeah, I only got told about it the first time the other day. This is making us all sound very out of touch. (laughs) For a metal (laughs) show. We actually uh, haven't uh, listened to these albums before tonight. (laughs) Um, We're just guessing uh, the songs.
0: Hey, I was was brave enough to admit I don't listen to pantera much at all so this would yeah. have been a first time going through all the way through and i didn't listen to gojira before so this is a first time exploration
1: really? yeah I've You've never listened to gojira either
0: ne- never listen to gojira either this is why i'm banking on your knowledge here in run because uh, i reckon because i reckon you're going to have a lot of interesting points to make throughout this one because you you're not wrong it's very diametrically opposed but within a similar umbrella one goes one way one goes the other particularly in pantera's sake you've had cowboys from hell vulgar display of power beyond driven that golden run where they were they really overtook metallica in the metal in terms of biggest metal band in the world because of the directions both bands took and then you reach the great southern trend kill where they are in the darkest headspace they've ever been they, was that they the had latest some. Album? sorry
2: say that again Dust? was that the last album the great southern trend kill as well
0: reinventing the steel was ah true true yeah unforgettable
1: pretty sure <laughs> that was just the one after that i think the great southern trend kills the second last
0: it is yeah but yeah imran the dark it's the darkest period it is indeed so so bad that the music was written and recorded in texas between the rest of the band and phil anselmo is recording his vocals in new orleans they're not together writing this album
1: i believe he had some help um from trent Reznor. i think recording those vocals trent Reznor's studio i think he said yeah
0: so yeah very dark you can see they're all getting along really well
2: at this time. <laughs> they all <laughs> t- they probably wrote letters to each other.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, great! Darcy's sarcasm right is across the Zoom call. Yeah. That is, that's a wonderful <laughs> sign for a good battle. I think it's going to be a close one. I will say, Imran.
1: Yeah, I' not going to lie. In my head, when I pitched this, I didn't wasn't going to expect it to be a super close one. But re-listening to them, I think it's going to be pretty close.
0: It'll be tough to call. Do you got any first impressions? to share darcy um i think
2: i think like a lot of the time they do sound quite similar like the albums have like a 10-year difference between them but sometimes their sound can kind of sync up in a way that's like pretty interesting for like a battle that was just chosen because they had the same amount of songs (laughs) (laughs) they had they had they do sound quite similar sometimes but i i learned that i liked an album that i used to love less and i liked an album that I used to not know a lot more <laughs> so like listening back yeah
0: are we gonna find out as we go on
2: you are I think you are you're gonna find out some secrets Keeping everyone in suspense yeah yeah
0: well on that note let's chris and darcy into the mosh pit family by gesturing to the timekeeper and imran what does that timekeeper got to do
1: Ugh, man ring the bell
0: and let's begin. We start as always with our guest Imran, so we'll give Darcy the op- we'll give Darcy the floor for the opening statement and that is The Great Southern Trend Kill, the title track versus Ocean Planet to kick off from Master Series. What do you got for us Darcy?
2: Um well, the the Great Southern Trend Kill is the opening track of The Great Southern Tranquil. Um Whoa. I yeah, yeah, it's plans within plans here. Um, I actually much preferred Ocean Planet to The Great Southern Tranquil. Um, if only because I just think it, like, feels very dis-, like, The Great Southern Tranquil feels very, like, disconnected. It feels like the song, the parts of the song don't lead very well into the other parts of the song. Like, in a way that, like, isn't very, like, clean. You know what I mean? Like, you can do it in a way that feels natural, as in, like, it's an artistic kind of licensed thing. But I don't think that was the case with the song. And Ocean Planet, it just sounds like classic, I'm a real fan of like classic 90s death metal and it has a lot of that, like kind of death metal to it, you know. The only thing I didn't really like about Ocean Planet is because I have this weird thing against pinch harmonics in songs. I don't know, every time it just takes me completely out of the song every time I hear one. Really? Like, ah. Well, I used to be like, as as a kid, I used to really like Black Label Society and Every time I, I hear it, I can only think of Zach Wilde playing guitar. <laughs> and oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. No,
1: yeah. Dimebag does a lot of those pinch harmonics he, as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's true. But and, I, I think... Well, Gojira as well. There's like a certain kind that I'm like, you know, not against. I guess against. I can't go back on that, against. But yeah, yeah, I just feel like it It just doesn't come out as okay, as strong as like Ocean Planet really sets up the rest of the album well.
0: Interesting. So opening point mm. goes Gojira for you, Darcy. That's nice, uh, that's yeah, an interesting
1: yeah. start. I I've probably got almost the complete opposite opinion to you. Really? Almost. I mean I did really like Ocean Planet. I I find I think with Gojira, I think one of the things they're really good at is kind of painting a picture just using the instrumentals, like the riffs and stuff. Kinda of just feels like this big open space and it's just like this really harsh landscape that they've immediately painting I, I really liked the breakdown where the after the go um then it just goes into that uh, breakdown part um there's a lot of pace changes in it as well which is really cool the chugging part where it's just the one note kind of reminds me of violins which I thought was pretty cool but yeah it's just a very big song a lot of like massive open chords um the great southern trend kill absolutely in your face brutal intro just, like, from the get-go, you've just been hit in the face with a brick or something. You can Um,
0: describe a lot of Southern Trendkill songs like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, like, this is the first one.
1: Yeah, like, you've never listened to the great Southern Trendkill before and you put on the first track, you're going to be hit in the face with a brick. That's a warning to everyone who's never listened to it before.
2: That's from a red light to a hundred in a school zone. (laughs) (laughs) It
3: just goes straight at (laughs) it.
1: You don't know if they're bricks or children. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of like time changes and stuff um, in it as well, like some crazy um, going like double, f- f- triple time almost. Um, there's, a, there's a time signature change in the chorus, which I really like. I, I kind of feel like that um, goes in a bit of a different direction that you don't expect, and then all of a sudden, wham, brick again. The main reason I really love the song The Great Southern Trendkill is for like the second half where that really bluesy southern riff comes in. And like from that point on, genuinely is one of my favorite Pantera moments of all time. It's just that, that solo, the riff, probably my favorite Dimebag solo. And I know Floods is on this album, but my favorite Dimebag solo is The Great Southern Trendkill. Wow, we're calling that now. yeah, right that's, now. that's huge. That's big. I will... I will die with that.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. Something about it, right? Right from that first I'm glad little... I'm getting you to say this, Imran. Yeah. I'm in my notes here. I'm not sure if you can see it says, Imran, thoughts on the ending, please?
1: <laughs> Damn. I needed to know. I had to know. Because it gets all weird at the end. I, it does, but it like... All weird. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's just the way that um, Dimebag kind of structures his solo as well. It's like put into parts... He's got like a a little intro part with the slide and then he does some crazy picking stuff, brings back the slide, keeps building it, keeps building it, does that weird delay stuff at the end and suddenly it gets super doomy. Like it's just, it just fades out and it just kind of, it gets crazier and crazier as it, as it's fading out. Like it's so weird, but I, I don't know why it just hits all the right spots for me.
2: I did have in my notes too, that it does really feed into that like Southern blues influence that they've got like hard. I mean, they are uh, cowboys from hell, so that's uh, the least I would expect.
0: <laughs> but. Really Leonard Skinner, that yeah. solo. Ooh, yeah. It's got to be said, Leonard Skinner'd have to be one of, a primary influence on Pantera, just from the Southern yeah, Association.
1: For sure. Just, yeah, that Southern sound, yeah.
0: And also, I don't know, I'm not great with describing drums, so I just went FNL, Vinnie Paul and Maya. Uh, in my notes here for Great Southern Trend, my goodness, th- this is going to start a trend here. Vinnie Paul blew me away as this album went on. Mm. Uh,
1: th- I think this album is probably one of his most wild, like crazy. I feel like as Vinnie Paul progressed, he just got crazier and faster, and which is good. That's what you want, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> especially I mean to keep up with some of these songs.
0: Certainly so. Despite all that, I think I'm going to join Darcy with Ocean Planet because the atmosphere of that is caught me in caught my interest immediately. I've never heard... I'm not a death metal guy and the the barometer of what I listen to in terms of death metal, my standard is Opeth. And I want to say that Joe Duplantier or the guitarist and singer for Gojira, the first impression I got here that I've got in my notes here, he's, it's the most listenable growl vocals I've heard in a while and I consider Michael Ackerfeld of Opeth as the standard as to what I enjoy out of the death grouse. There, there's something about um, Joe's voice there that caught me. I was like, this is... Okay, I can live with this. I don't really enjoy the cannibal corpse or grindcore kind of style of growl, but this one I enjoyed. And I think the word I'm going to be describing from Master series with is ethereal. It's very cosmic. And it sets the scene great in Ocean Planet, and that's kind of why I'm going to join Darcy there with the point. But, uh, yeah, intriguing start um, both ends.
1: I do have to agree with you with, um, Gojira's singer's voice. He's got... I feel like it's very passionate as well. A lot of that, a lot of that screamy, um, growly stuff comes from, I think, just sheer passion. Through the album, his growls, the way he does them,
2: the way he just does them changes a lot. Like, the way he he brings his voice through like, sometimes he does, he, like, sometimes he'll literally sound like he's singing a lot like Philip and Salmo, like, here and there. And then sometimes he'll sound like, like I said, the... Chuck Scholder, another the singer of death. He does have like a lot of diversity with how he changes his voice like to, to fit different parts of the song. Unless those are just different singers and I just didn't pick up on that.
1: <laughs> as far as I know, there's one singer.
0: <laughs> well, to conclude, Imran we will give you the point to Great Southern Trendkill and we'll move on? Yes. I certainly will do that. So, 1-0 Pantera for Imran, 1-0 Gojira for Darcy and myself. Warner versus Backbone. What do we got?
1: Um... Darcy can go first in this one again.
2: Oh, okay. I think Backbone. I like hardcore. I like listen to a lot of hardcore. I think uh, it's hard to say. I think hard Backbone has like a lot of hardcore influences in it, and like it's more melodic, definitely than anything from the Great Southern Trendkill. Maybe apart from like Floods or Tens, which is like the closest to get to any kind of melodic kind of music. I think warner. of it has some energetic build-ups that just kinda of don't go anywhere. Like I I just I think sometimes it really builds to a flat line. Um again, I'm gonna say I have to go it, my point goes to the Gojira on this one. And just like at least with this song, it's it, The Great Southern Trend Kill is just like another Pantera song where he's like yelling at a hypothetical person.
0: <laughs>
2: Which is I feel like what a lot of Pantera songs are.
0: Warner fits that criteria too. I think Darcy as well. It's just Anselmo screaming at the media.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that might. Yeah. I think um, the the full title of Warner is um, well. I can't. I don't think I can say it. Um, but it's it's got a, a profanity in it, and then the media. Um, yeah. So it it is. Yeah, a, a lot of screaming. Warner, I think, is like. I, I do agree with you to an extent. To um, the constant build up, uh, kind of going into. I wouldn't say not necessarily nothing, but just kind of going back into the song. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it doesn't feel super climactic. Um, I do really like "Warner," though. Some of those riffs are cool. I like um, mm. I I like the first part of the song where like the very first few seconds kind of just feels like I'm falling very fast into the song, and then it just immediately kicks you in, and then there's like five, six different parts before the song actually like kicks in. Um, the classic uh, Phil Anselmo style, um, he's got the dual style vocals where like he's got two tracks doing one part, then the next line, then the next line, then the next line. Uh, I like the um, the chorus or the bridge, I don't know what it is, but when the, the time changes a little bit and then, um, what's his name, Vinny's on the ride, uh, Dime's got that weird... <laughs> and then that's such a good riff that that
2: definitely makes the whole song and then rex
1: comes in with it as well and then suddenly it's just this really slow groove i love that part it just kind of i feel like it's it's just commanding you that part it's like a call to attention like listen to me backbone i thought was really cool i was um i this one kind of reminds me of like a new metal song like the vocals specifically are kind of a bit manic kind of choppy i like the the black metal change like in the middle of it um, it's got that super fast double, click, double kick, which um, I don't know the drummer of Gojira's name, but he's insane. Mario Duplantier. Um, thank you. Um, the last, I really liked the last uh, chugging part. It, feel, it felt very cinematic to me. Kind of almost almost classical. Um, kind of had like this big, big feel to it. Um, I really liked that song. There, I feel like there's not much to say about it other than like, it's just really cool. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the chugging
2: because some of my notes for that song is literally just dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of chugging in it. that song. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. Very rhythm based. Yeah. It's cool. Um Jason, what are you picking? This one's a tough one to call.
0: Uh yeah. I reckon Warnerve. not very light. It's a very light war Nerve, I would say, but uh I think it's from the uh from the from the spoken word Riff and the call to action kind of part in War Nerve is kind of what gets you motivated. That will probably be. I think that's probably why I'm going to end up giving it the point there. Backbone I've listened to multiple times and I and you know there's parts of it it's good but it's it doesn't hold too much retention for me and that that's not a slight on Backbone that's that's more on me. But so for that reason War Nerve I would say.
1: I'll join you on that one, Jason.
0: All right, right, eh? Wonderful. So two nil two nil for Imran. Trendkill, two nil Master Series, Darcy, tie for me. That sounds about the great metal standoff way. Drag the Waters versus From the Sky. Drag the Waters, Imran. This one, uh this one I'm gonna be going back to quite a bit. I enjoy this one.
1: This is a absolute banger. Straight from the get go. I love I love how Drag the Waters flows from Warnerve as well, because Warnerve is already the super heavy song. And it, you know, it ends. you got that last part where it's just scream, scream, scream. And then it finishes. And then suddenly it just gets even lower. Like just even deeper. Just down, out, bam, bam, bam. Just simple riff immediately grabs your attention. Just when you thought you had enough screaming, there's more screaming. Um, as, yeah, this is a great one. Um, particularly the, the off-kilter rhythm in the verse I really love. Um, the chorus is very catchy, including like that little switch up part. I don't, like a bridge, I don't know if that's part of the chorus, but it's really cool. The one thing that particularly gets me about this song is the wah pedal on the bass. That part gets me every time. It's like a little, the part right before the solo, I think you can hear it a little bit throughout the song as well, but right before the solo is the dun dun, and then Dime's doing his thing, and you get a little bit of um, Rex doing the uh, wah on the bass. It's just, oh.
0: I'm gonna go back and seek for that. I didn't catch that. So thank you for that, Imran. It's very good. Would yeah. highly recommend. Yeah, great song. Drag the waters from the sky, though, Darcy. It does take it on. It's a this one's a in your face one. Yeah. This
2: this one I I did say I don't really like pinch harmonics, hmm. but I think um, I'm gonna to have to give this one to uh, Drag the Waters as well. It's just such like a cool song and like the way that he. It's less of, like, the traditional, like, pinch harmonic sound. He really, like, drags it out and makes it, like, screech. You know what I mean? Um, I, d- I did like From the Sky as well. I, I liked it a lot. As I've mentioned about a 100 times already, it, this one really, really reminded me of the band Death. And they have one album called Human, and there's a song in that that's pretty much just about space. It's called Cosmic Planets. Um, And it reminded me quite a lot of that song. And it's just the same kind of, like, ethereal, like... um. This like ethereal soundscape to it but drag the waters is just like so heavy and so intense and has so many like like well fitted tempo changes and another thing i don't really like guitar solos that much really <laughs> um yeah yeah I've, I've never been a huge fan of a guitar solo just in general i like prefer riffs and stuff like that but I i love the like like drag the waters just everything yeah good song
0: we're going to need to elaborate on that point but just before we yeah. do from the sky in front, yeah. <laughs> Darcy's come up with some interesting comparisons this this is what I did from the riffs displayed in from the sky I got a very death metal version of Orion out of that because the ah. other than that the intensity from the from the sky scream not even going to try and do an impression the, aggre- the aggression it, this is a violent riff
1: it is huge Well. Straight from the get-go, it's, it, like, you've gone straight into that double-kick riff. It's, like, um, straight from the part of the start right to the end. It's just um, complete madness. I love the little groove change that it kind of feels like it's just being ripped out of what the song was into into this new song, um, which I really like. The chorus is very catchy. I like there's a thing they do in the chorus that's, um, it's a 3-4 riff over just a normal 4-4 four, four drum beat, which I really like. Um, I think it sounds very cool. I think, um, best example I can think of that is uh, Cashmere by Led Zeppelin do that. It's a very, very circular sound, um, which is very cool. Um, there's some thick bass in this song as well. It's, yeah, I... This one didn't particularly stand out to me much, but I I do remember liking it a lot. So I guess that's proven to what the album... I think as the album goes along gets a lot better in my opinion but from the sky i think is a great song pick and drag the waters though
0: i'll go further than you there imran if from the sky went up against warner or the great southern trend kill i'd probably pick it actually but uh yeah drag the waters was my is i'm joining you there drag the waters that was that one blew me away
2: drag the waters across the board
0: yeah, here we go <laughs> we're
2: holding our 10s uh, speaking of tens, uh, the next song is tens. <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. Well, that it was, is. <laughs> it goes up against it, yeah. unicorn,
0: and it probably is going to get a point just because there's not too much to unicorn. It's more of an interlude track. Tens is yeah. one of the is one of the more simmering Pantera songs on the on Trendkill. Um,
2: I think it's interesting because they're both the fourth song on the album, and they both really kind of like pull the reins in. It's like a lot less intense. And they're both kind of like calmer, more instrumental kind of things, especially with the great Southern Trendkill. Cool, comparing to those three first tracks, and then starting with this slow kind of like creeping, creeping track.
0: Yeah, creepy singing, it's a treacherous a real change riff.
2: of pace. Yeah, I remember this song. I think Tens is actually my favorite song on the whole album. Wow. Um,
0: okay. Oh, I I see what you mean. Certainly.
2: Yeah, and the solo in it as well. Is this like as I said, I don't really like guitar solos and this is us coming back to that. I just think sometimes they carry on for a bit long. And that the guitar solo of tens is like short and sweet and concise and like pretty much perfect for what it has to do. And it's just really atmospheric, like the whole the whole song. It was also in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it was in Dragon was Ball it? Z when I was a kid. Yeah. In one of the first releases of the the, the first Broly movie. It plays while well. Broly goes Super Saiyan for the first time, and it's the coolest thing I've ever seen.
1: That is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's so weird. Out of out of every single song they could have picked, they yeah. they picked Tens And it fits. By it fits
0: really well. What part are they using? I, I, I is need the, to look at it. Yeah, it's when it
2: says like, "My skin is cold." Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, right. It's intense, and then there's there's just Dragon Ball Z screaming for like five minutes happening in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't end. <laughs> Uh, before I get Imran's take on tents, I just want to put a quick shout-out out and a big thank you to one of our former co-hosts over at Mosh Pit, Tat, who played this song pre-pandemic when we were in the studio, when Imran and I shared the studios for a bit. She played that one, and everyone in the studio got around this song, and I, it was my first time hearing it, and I was going, oh, really? This is Pantera. This sounds really great. And what won me over was the acoustic interlude or the clean guitar interlude bit that led into that, solo that Dimebag does in tense Imran. That that's the part that won me over. Just and the sinister nature of it. So much more treacherous than yeah. the three previous tracks.
1: That that part is just it's one of those things that I I don't even know how to explain it. You just have to listen to it. But so what a solo. Very melodic. Just everything about it just fits perfectly. My favourite part in particular are the volume swells at the end that he does, like right as he's like finishing it off. just kinda of like these waves coming over you.
0: Right, yeah, yeah.
1: His guitar tone in that song, or I'm assuming he's got a few effects on uh, his guitar, but absolutely just decadent. It's amazing. Like, it just feels like the whole guitar is just washing over me. It's just very watery, very, it's just flowing so nicely. Even the super heavy parts from the intro where it starts off quiet and then it gets really loud um, and everything comes in, it just feels like it's just washing over me so calmly yeah very ominous song i like the the vocal track where one of them's singing and then one of them's underneath just kind of narrating
0: first of a couple of times that's on display as well
1: yeah that's that's another classic phil anselmo technique i guess
0: is that prevalent in previous albums um uh
1: good
2: question i can't think of any I've definitely listened to. I'm trying to, all to think. Their... There's
0: some bits of vulgar display I've listened to recently in Cowboys from Hell. It's not that present. It's not.
1: Um, it's not like a big thing he did earlier. It's more like I think this album. I think from memory he does it a bit on. Uh, what's it called? The next one. Far beyond driven. Um, no. The the last album they did, reinventing the steel. My bad. He's got a bit of narration on Far Beyond Driven. I think so. That was a very dark album as well. But anyway. Um, yeah, unicorns, that was pretty cool. Was there a flute in that? Yeah, I think there was whale noises. Whale noises, <laughs> It was noises. Me to sleep. Okay. yeah. I thought it was a flute.
2: It does sound very medieval, I would say that. I'd say, like, this yes. could be at the start of, like, a folk metal track, and I wouldn't bat an eye, like, yeah. I know whether yeah. to give or take points away from the whale noises because whales are actually quite terrifying creatures if you see them up close. <laughs> They're too big. Are you speaking from experience <laughs> I went, here, Darcy? I, I went whale watching off Byron Bay when I was like eight or nine years old, and I've never oh. been so terrified for so many um, hours. At very a time. excited
1: to hear your opinion about flying whales. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't make it through it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in the meantime though, Tens uh, or Unicorn? I think we're all going to be taking tens, aren't we?
1: T- unicorn was cool, I'm taking tens.
0: Unicorn was alright, but again, I think it is a bit more of an interlude, so yeah, all three of us will take yeah. tens. That's uh no problem at all there. Uh if how, what did that do to the scores? I'll tell you right now. Darcy, that tied things up to a piece. For myself, it's led it's put Trendkill in the lead 3 to 1. Imran's 4-0. Uh-oh.
2: Mmm. Jesus we got some
0: bias. We got some... <laughs> I swear, I swear <laughs> it's not bias. No, Imran definitely wouldn't be biased. Woody Imran's system of a down. 13 Steps to Nowhere versus Where Dragons Dwell. This is one I think I'm definitely going to go master serious in this instance. Where Dragons Dwell, just by the title alone and the music then, then followed, I think they explored that idea pretty well, wouldn't you say, Darcy? Yeah, I would. As
2: I mentioned, the last one sounded a little bit medieval. And this one really kicked off that medieval sound. Or, like, just medieval theme. This one's a bit... I'm, I'm really into fantasy. Everyone knows I, I, can't, I just cannot shut up about Lord of the Rings. So I'm a big fan of a dragon. But, yeah, I did like it. And I think... Uh, what, what is this up against? Sorry. 13 Steps to Nowhere. Oh, you see, that's actually pretty hard now that I see that. Because I think, I think 13 Steps to Nowhere has a really strong, like, main riff. That like ascending riff, like the... I love that so much. Yeah, this is a difficult one. Sorry, I listened to this for the first time today. I'm kind of trying to remember what the Dragon's one sounds like.
0: What did it sound like to you, Imra?
1: That riff that (laughs) that when it comes in is just absolutely just... I remember listening to it for the first time and it just blew my mind. I was just, I don't know, I think I had to sit down or something, it was insane. I, this whole song, just from the intro where it's just really doomy, and then it comes in with that double kick, you got the tremolo riff, and then it just all comes in. Um, the the lyrics, the vocal um, is just brutal. I feel like this is another classic example of Gojira painting a picture with their riffs where I remember listening to this for the first time, it felt like I was just flying in and out of a volcano just all around it. Just had this image of a volcano in my head and I'm just like, yeah, dragons, volcanoes. Especially I like the little um percussion thing they did. Like it's a little tiny spot um where it was just kinda quiet. They had this little percussion or chimes or something. And then just a breakdown. Like absolutely insane. Slow fade out. What more do you want? Thirteen Steps to Nowhere. This song is also I remember the first time listening to this as well and thinking Holy moly, what a song. Um, the drums just immediately from the get go, just the the riff feels like a feels like it should be a war march or something. Like you'd you'd listen to this while people would be playing this on the really big drums and like trumpets as they're walking into battle or something. The verse is super groovy. After the second chorus part where it just has that super fast riff, it just feels like you just started running. And then all of a sudden you've got like this really weird psychedelic breakdown with like sirens in the background Really big bass thumps, like this weird chime happening It's like everything's kind of disoriented and you're like in the battle or whatever <sighs> Help
0: You've made a compelling case in Run 13 Steps to Nowhere But I think many of the points that you made has convinced me I'm going to stick with where dragons dwell uh, I don't know about you Darcy though, cause you were struggling too How convincing was Imran?
2: I actually, now that I think about the start of Thirteen Steps to Nowhere with the drums that like kick in first of all, and then it kind of slides like up all the way, like all the way up and back down on the fretboard for the guitar. I love that intro. I think I think that intro carries the whole song through the rest of it. Now that I think about it, I like the vocals in it too. Like super consistent.
0: I also want to give points to Vinnie Paul here. uh, Imran, if you can give me a breakdown of the drums there, because I considered him MVP of that track.
1: (laughs) He was definitely MVP of the track. Um, I'm I'm not a drummer, so I don't know how well I can explain the the technicalities of what he does, but all I know is that... that (laughs) It's just insane.
0: Hit you in the happy place.
1: Yep. So where's the point going to
0: lie, Imran? Ah
1: oh man can i how long can i prolong this to, to think about <laughs>
0: darcy where are you gonna lie Ah,
3: oh,
2: i think i'm gonna have to go 13 steps to nowhere
0: all right then
2: is but it expect no small amount of bias because i've listened to that song before and probably just remember it a bit clearer sure <laughs> but the fact the the fact that where dragons dwell didn't really stick with me as much probably speaks volumes in that sense
1: anyway where dragons dwell quick quick (laughs) move on next
0: next couple of songs we're just going to try our best to keep it as musical orientated as we can so here we go suicide note part one versus the heaviest matter in the universe this one i struggle with actually in picking a winner because it's such a departure to what what pantera would be known as but they keep their they keep their dark nature about it and it's Clearly, one of their darkest songs, and it's more country orientated. Which, or uh, well, it's more country orientated, which is uh, what we just what we learnt in the beginning about Darcy. He likes his country. Heaviest matter in the universe. This one just I picture something along the lines of Shoemaker-Levy nine when it collided with Jupiter in nineteen ninety four. I'm just picturing cosmic collision when I listen to that one. And both of them serve each other really well. Heaviest Matter, shortest song on Gojira's master series. But yeah, Suicide Note Part 1, a very different style of Pantera we're hearing.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'd say so. You did mention that I do like country, and it fits because I actually do really like this song. It definitely slams the brakes on again, I'd say from the end of 13 Steps of Nowhere to this one. Just starting with that kind of the synth eerie synth again i'm a big fan of synth in like songs and just kind of stuff like that and i think that kind of plays through the whole thing especially towards the in the, the end there the synth comes back and it's just very atmospheric and deep it's yeah it's it's actually like a really really nice song um and that sort of the and like just the steel string acoustic is just like i love that riff but also The Heaviest Matter of the Universe is named appropriately because I think it's definitely the heaviest song on the whole um, Master Series album. I f- it. I... <laughs> I'll it out. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I love that song. It's so good. I think out of all the songs on the whole album, this one really stuck with me. Um, as someone who listens to a lot of death metal and a lot of like morbid angel, it's very morbid angelly. I would say. Um, almost like or or class like orchestrally deep and just strong it's got like a big dense wall of iron behind it through the whole thing and yeah i just loved it hmm. the only the only thing i could say that i didn't like very much about the heaviest matter in the universe is that i'm not <laughs> i'm coming out with the controversial opinions this episode um i don't like pinch harmonics guitar solos and i don't like clean vocals in my songs Oof. i don't like Jeez, clean vocals what? at all in my death metal songs. do you even <laughs> like music no i don't i actually hate every song that i've ever heard Man, no but like i just think i don't know for me it i just find it hard to fit in um, and that's really the only detriment that I have to the heaviest matter in the universe.
0: <laughs> the clean I vocals. Like I'm <laughs> guessing I was going to say that the, the that goes on in the breakdown was going to be a mark against you now.
2: No, I actually like that. Really? That, that's, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I feel like I'm coming up with these rules for myself and then breaking them immediately. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if it's, if it's just like a a pure death metal song, I, I just want to hear the, the, the growling vocals. I don't want to hear, like, the... I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example.
1: The heaviest matter of the
2: universe? Yeah, heaviest matter of the universe. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm putting my hands up for a few seconds. I'll wait till this is over. I didn't go back to the the, the sick song that it is. But still, good song.
0: It was an interesting way they did use the clean vocals, I'll say, dust because it, it had a lot more of a robotic approach to it instead of, you know, doing yeah, like that emotionally exactly. charged it w- it kind of style that some um, hybrids in death metal kind of, you, you, you see.
2: Yeah, it, it is kind of like stylized, at least to like some point. It's not perfectly
0: clean. It's not but fantastic, yeah. I'll admit. I'm with you there, but I, I see it as a welcome addition. I
1: mean, it does the job. I I think the rest of the instruments kind of do what they need to do. You've got the drums uh, at the bottom doing the same riff as the whole song and the guitars are like playing some melodic stuff. The heaviest matter of the universe... Like you said, Darcy, very appropriately titled. I like the fast intro with the slow groove, and then that once that first riff comes in, whew, it's just it's just keeping up, you know. It's just it's one of those songs that's just short and sweet. There's not really much to say about it because it's it's there, it hits you in the face, and then it's gone. I think it's only like three minutes or something, isn't it? Just shy of four, yeah, yeah. Fantastic song. That's that's a top three. Suicide Note Part One. I like the, the weird ambient intro that goes for a little bit longer than it should. That's damning with fine praise. <laughs> <laughs> just just a smidge. Um, yeah, Phil Anselmo with his clean vocals and his super passionate higher vocals in the background. It's all, it's all nice and clean. It's all crispy. You've got the, the dual vocal chorus where he does the sing one line, sings another line from another take. Uh, the, I think I heard some like very distant guitars in the background, in the chorus, but it could be the synth. I don't know, just doing some like higher um, high sounds and stuff. It's a very simple song, but it just hits the right spots, you know? Especially that little synth part at the end, as in the outro that leads into the, the next song. Every, like everything about it, it's, like, it's kind of weird kind of putting a synth with the, that country song style. But at the same time, really works. Like, you couldn't imagine it without it.
2: Yeah, I think that end bit with the synth is definitely, like, a highlight for me. Without a doubt. Yeah. So it's,
1: like, a great way to end the song. Definitely. Just adds something to it. What am I picking?
0: This is one of the more tougher ones, I've got to admit. Ah.
2: I think it makes it more difficult because they are just such different songs. Like they don't really. There's. It's hard to compare points on them because they're not really comparable, and there's, like apples and oranges, kind of that thing.
1: Is, that is. the downfall of the great metal standoff. Yeah, it <laughs> really is. Ah. <laughs> uh, great system, guys.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I've just uh, for Imran's sake. Uh, yes. The intro a smidge too long. It's about a full minute. That ambient start.
3: But
0: I. I don't listen to too much country, but I'm a sucker for the dark style of country. That always gravitates to me somehow. And in Ron's description of Anselmo's performance, I linked it more to like the old gunslinger kind of thing. Mm. That was the Mm. sort of dynamic I had listening to that vocal performance particularly. And yeah, the the mellow nature of it all. I don't know, it's the lulling into into the false sense of security that is a present a lot in when we do this show. we There's a lot of songs that we go, this has lulled us into a false sense of security and security, and then it whacks you in the face and I love it. But yeah, it's the somberness that really captures the imagination for that song. Then again, heaviest matter in the universe, I think the cosmic nature of it is what's making me want to take it. I think that's going to... It, this one was a tough one. I'm going to go Gojira for this one. I'd
2: say the same. I reckon. In the the hit movie Cowboys versus Aliens, I think I'm gonna have to go. Aliens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Imran, cowboy or the alien? Who Where are you that going?
1: One? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I really, really, really freaking love the heaviest matter of the universe, but I'm gonna pick Suicide Note Part One. Can't pass it up.
0: Okay, but will he pick Part Two? which is a complete 180 from part 1 or is it going to go again or flying whales the opponent what are we going to do here gentlemen
1: this is another this is another big thinker
2: yeah i just i just wanted to say that i listened to the album on youtube and the whole the whole youtube video that was just the the cover art for the album for um flying whales or, or like the master series And the only song that changed is that during the uh flying whales it wasn't the cover anymore it was like an anime girl riding a space whale (laughs) and it was that and
1: yeah it was really strange i thought you were about to say it's like the video clip or something but no no it wasn't
2: (laughs) it was like a deviant art kind of (laughs) rendition Um, of of an anime girl riding a whale and that that really let's erase that
1: from our memories
2: yeah yeah no um yeah, talk about 180s with part one and part two. <laughs> like, um the suicide note song, complete opposites. The brakes come off once again. I, I think it is just that little bit noisy for me. Like, it's almost, like, not that much to go on. It doesn't have that little section in the end that is, like, goes incredibly... No, I mean in the middle, sorry. That one section in the middle that goes incredibly heavy. But I think I just find like Philip and Selmo's like vocals just at their screechiest at this point, and I find it kind of find it hard to get behind that. Whereas in like Flying Whales, (laughs) another thing, this is another petty gripe against this song is that some of the whale sounds kind of sound a bit man made. They sound like a dude trying to sound like a whale. (laughs)
3: What does that even
2: sound like? Just like yeah, it was. Um, but you mentioned before that um, it, all, like one of the songs, almost had a Opeth influence, and I think uh, Flying Wales is Gazeera at the most Opeth like. It reminded me quite a lot of that.
0: Specifically, Face of Melinda, I reckon, would be the song you would probably draw the most comparison to if we're going to go down that route. Yeah. Very nice melody in the in, in the opening mm. and. The dramatic that I think this is all about the tension and all the, the the ascension of the of the of the more the main riffs that go on in Flying Whales. Other, than, I think what really won me over was the um ah uh, it was the clean break around about the five minute mark. They had this clean break that that transitioned wonderfully. It, it went from one part mm. to another, and then it was a wonderful transition into that final breakdown and that hit with a maximum effect and. I, re- I really enjoyed how Flying Wales was put together, actually. Suicide Note Part 2. I think, Darcy, I might share your sentiment there. S- Anselmo can be quite annoying occasionally. He gets very yeah. squealy. <laughs> His screaming gets very high-pitched, which, again, hey, big ups to the guy for managing to pull that off, but with how frenetic the whole song is and how whammy-crazy Dimebag ends up going on um, in that solo section, and... Uh, can, if I could get a quick clarification from you, Darcy That middle section you were talking about in Suicide Note Part 2 Were you talking about the breakdown there? Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly I did like that quite a lot, yeah
0: Yeah, I described that there utterly ruthless Mmm Dimebag he is, Imran's probably grinning ear to ear That he's finally doing a podcast about Dimebag And his guitar playing but Sometimes he's going whammy crazy And I just need to decipher what the hell's going on So Imran, what the hell is going on with
1: Dimebag here? <laughs> Oof um, lots of, lots of crazy guitar pedals, lots of guitar effects. I'm amazed his guitar stays in tune. If, ever, if you ever used a whammy bar before. Yeah, um, it probably just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It probably
2: just I, goes out of tune. I don't think you'd notice in that song if it went out of tune. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <it's>
1: just, yeah. <laughs> Suicide Note Part 2. I, the reason I like both of these songs, Part 1 and Part 2, is because it's kind it, I, in my opinion, it's the, the lightest, most easy listening Pantera song, and on the opposite end, the most brutal, frantic, just white noise Pantera song. Like, it's just absolute insanity, and I imagine that's kind of what they were going for here, is, like, something really light, and then just the the most crazy thing they've ever done. Because, like, right from the get-go, it's just a face melter. It's... That that whammy pitch shifter thing that he uses, um, just cra- like crazy from the get go. The I love how the drums kind of follow along with that riff as well in the in the verse. Yeah, the the screams in this feel at his most tormented, very very screechy, very like almost like he's crying but in the most like insane, holy crap, help me way possible. The that little breakdown. Um, again, like you said, Jason, Ruthless. I, I love that little part. Um, it's kind of like the mini breakdown before the real breakdown. The solo, I would, I do want to mention one thing in it, because it's like, it's absolutely crazy, but there's one little bit towards the end of it as is going nuts with the whammy. The drums and the bass are like speeding up a little bit, um, and as they're speeding up, it still adjusts right at the end to keep in time with like what's happening as an actual song. So... Everything speeds up, and then it slows down back into the normal tempo of the song again, which blows my mind every time. And then, and then there's this just big, long scream, and all of a sudden, Dimebag brings back the riff, and it's just super slow. And, oh, man. Oh, man. It's just like I float out of my body. Um, I, I, I'm a sucker for when, for when they do the really fast riff, and then they bring it back, but, like, really super slow. Yeah, great song. On, on the opposite side here, we've got Whales That Can Fly. Um, absolutely sexy intro. This is another intro that goes for a while, but this is one I do not mind, um, goes for a while, because it. I feel like it just keeps kind of building a little bit. They kind of add layers to it as they go, just change it, like, just a tiny bit, just enough to keep you interested. And then they bring in that really catchy riff. This was the first, uh, Gojira song I think I ever listened to. And one thing I've, um, I noticed in this song and, um, in a few other songs, is that he sounds like a pirate, I don't know if that's just me, I don't know if that's the ocean theme of the song, but it just, every time I listen to this song now, I imagine this man on a really big boat, like, hanging from some ropes, and just swinging a cutlass around while singing this, I, I love the little, um, the bridge that's, like, really open, just the chords, um, before they do that really choppy, like, heavy, like, shotgun part, and then there's that little calm before the storm, as you mentioned before, Jason. The the little bridge part that's like super clean. Yeah, kinda of, kind of envision like you're you're underwater or something just kind of floating around or whatever. And then suddenly you come back in, you're like breaking the surface and you're just being chopped around by like some really heavy waves. That the with the breakdown part. Hang on, I just lost my train of thought.
0: I don't care, that train of thought's convinced
1: me I'm gonna go flying whales yeah <laughs> thanks for that Imran no worries um yeah absolutely insane song a top five breakdown in that song top five breakdown in suicide note part two that's for me personally so I'm a bit conflicted at the moment
0: well then Darcy while Imran solves his conflict well, yeah, where's your point
2: um I think I'm probably gonna have to go flying whales just because, it, it, to me, it is just like the more coherent and enjoyable song. And as simple as that, when Imran was saying that it reminded him of a pirate, it made me think of that movie Treasure Planet, which is like Pirates in Space. You ever see that one? Like the cartoon one? I have not seen that, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> really? <laughs> Get on it. That's my real recommendation for this round.
1: <laughs> Flying Whales, zero. <laughs>
2: Suicide Net, per two, zero, uh, Treasure Planet five points.
1: I think I'm going to pick Flying Whales. That, that breakdown is untouchable. Just the the way it comes in, it's just... it's Yeah, let's move on before I keep going. Sure thing. Living
0: Through Me or Hell's Wrath versus In the Wilderness. Before I throw to you guys, In the Wilderness is kind of a song where I started, I started losing things to say, because now, from Master Series, not an indictment on Gojira, an indictment on me... Sp- Storing music in my memory bank. I started running out of things to say and they all start it's starting to blur a little bit here
2: That that is so funny because in my notes for in the wilderness It says the first song that gave me listening to a full album fatigue It it started there and it says all the songs start to blend into one a little bit So I, I think I'm exactly with you there. It does have one bit in in the middle of in the wilderness that I very much like liked. It was like very heavy, almost like war drums, like very heavy drums, and like the the way he was like growling sounded like some angry orc war chant. Right in the that's all I can remember from that. But I, I remember do I did actually quite like the song.
0: I did give it a few more listens actually, Darcy, and then I started thinking, yeah, actually, you wouldn't really want to be. You don't want to be chased by a Lovecraft monster in the middle of the forest with that pile. Definitely
2: not. But what would you like to play <laughs> getting chased by a timeless horror? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. you don't really want much, but it that's a great connotation, I would say, because that that would definitely work in maybe Love, Lovecraft literature. Um other than that, I mean, yeah, quick question since uh, you sound like you know your stuff about death growls. Um Joe Duplantier's uh screaming in here do, do you think it sounded a bit more guttural
2: yeah i i think it was definitely more intense than anything on flying whales <laughs> if that's what you're asking me um i'm trying to think back i think the whole time his, like his growling style changed quite a bit there were like there were always different verses that kind of surprised me in the way that it was different from the last time you know what i mean yeah it was it was very intense and, like, from, from the diaphragm.
1: I kind of got more of a a panicked vibe from his vocals in this throughout. Um, not, like, all the way through, but, like, especially towards the start, kind of, just feels like he's just spouting out, like, ideas or something, it's just mania. I really liked the, um, the, the little groove breakdown after the verse. Um, it reminded me a bit of, um, Sepultura, especially, like, the Roots, um, era. But yeah, a lot of panicked screams I got, um, in this one. I liked the little, um, reverse drum, uh, part, where they, like, reversed it, and then, um, like, kind of, there's a part where it just kind of, like, the song goes in the background for a little bit, um, and it feels like you're just kind of, like, flying in the air, and then all of a sudden you're, like, smacking into trees and you're, you're running again. Um, that ending part, um, the drums are very punchy, I- What's the drummer's name again? I'm sorry, Jason.
0: It's the brother of uh, Joe Duplantier. His name's Mario.
1: Ah, the more you know.
0: Furthermore, how does a man drum that intense for that long? That that boggles my mind.
1: Uh, the drums in that song, I I just remember being absolutely insane, and especially like after that little part where it goes quiet and it comes back in, I was just like, whoa. That was crazy. Uh, in the Wilderness is probably going to be my pick for this one.
0: I also wanted to give points to the melodies that are played over those really weighted riffs as the song comes out. I was a fan of those melodies. Excellent. So Imran's going to go Into the Wilderness, but Living Through Me, what did everyone have on that?
2: I honestly think it's probably one of the weaker songs on the album. Maybe, Maybe even one of, like, it's like if you asked an AI to make a Pantera song <laughs> because it's just got everything there that's like, <laughs> it's, it's it's just bog standard Pantera. Like it's nothing super interesting that I don't like, I think it definitely get, comes together after like the interlude towards like the middle end there. It, it kind of finishes on a better note than it starts, but it really loses me for, through that first half.
1: Yeah, I I wrote as well. It's I reckon it's the weakest song on the album. I I could imagine this song on like, vulgar display of power or something, or maybe even cowboys. Yeah, for sure. Um, the chorus riff is kind of cool. I thought the um the interlude was very out of place. Oh, I thought really? they could have used that on a different song. No, I'm with you
0: there. That yeah, did sound out of
2: place. Really, that was like the only thing I liked on the song, and I think that's because it
1: just didn't sound like the rest of the song. Yeah, well, I think it's a it's a cool like interlude. Like it's an interesting idea because you've got this weird. To me, it kind of sounded like this weird, like desert cyberpunk kind of scape. But like, out of all the songs they picked, it it was, living through me, and that's it like you said, it's the most basic sounding like by the numbers Pantera song. So, In the Wilderness. Yeah, In the Wilderness.
0: In the Wilderness hard. No worries at all. I'm going to join you as well. I think a lot of the points raised here is what has helped convince me, I would say. Yeah, okay, we've all united on In the Wilderness. Uh, Yeah, I think Imran's points there really have shown uh, that there's more substance there. Because I'm looking at my notes here, uh, there weren't many for living through me, and they were just, they weren't very passionate notes either. Yeah. But that was living through me. Floods versus World to Come. Um, Listen, Floods all the way. I'm really annoyed World to Come is going up against Floods because this gave me something new to talk about when it comes to Gojira from Master Series. Because this song felt a lot more stripped back than the songs that have come before it. It 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 wasn't really... Um, overtly death metal, and the atmosphere wasn't as prevalent as the previous tracks have and that one got me curious yeah more bluesy s- got that sinister nature to it I don't know why I've put things like it's got like the it's got kind of like the guitar tone reminding me of pixies or you know where is my mind kind of thing i'm not sh- I'm not saying that it's like a compliment or a detriment, but that's kind of what I got out of it but the stripped back feel of it intrigued me and made me a fan of the song
1: yeah I thought it was very grungy. I have the exact same thing
2: in my notes. I have... It's a black hole sun world to come. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Very, very grunge. Which is weird because it's 2005. I think it's a bit after that. If you think of, like, Saint Anger coming around at the same time, that's kind of, like, the the, the vibe that it gave me. It's just, like, kind of post-grunge, clean clean vocals, you know, what I think of them.
1: (laughs) I... I really liked the clean vocals on this. It uh, caught me off guard, um, when I listened to it. Because it, it kind of, it comes in with the, with the growly vocals. And then, um, he switches it to the clean. And then he, like, kind of does on and off, um, as he goes through. I really like what he did with the clean vocals in this one. Um, I was a very big fan of that. Um, yeah, I, I liked the bass as well in this song. It was very, it was, like, nice and simple. But I feel like, um, it was very punchy, does the job, um, yeah, I thought it's just just like a kind of doomy, a kind of Black Sabbath-y, but I think a bit more grungy song. Um, I liked it as well. Um, right at the start, they've got that little uh, pick scraping thing over the top of the um, the the little melody guitar. I thought that was a very interesting sound because those two things kind of almost sound like they don't go together, but they do. And then um, then that guitar riff comes in. And it's just, like, it kind of catches you a bit off guard, uh, more in terms of how the notes are used, I think. But once you get into it, like, you get into it, and, yeah, it definitely creates, like, this atmosphere, like Jason said. It's very cool.
0: A different type of atmosphere as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, in terms of the album, it's very different. The little switch-up at the end I thought was interesting. It's kind of Iron Maiden-esque, that riff. And um, there's some nice chords that, like, kind of finished the song off at the end. Thought it was a very nice song. And, yeah, like you said, Jason, I'm upset it has to go against flood. oh, floods. Floods. Yeah. Here we <laughs> go, gentlemen. I'm, I'm not not picking Floods. If you don't pick Floods, I'm leaving I'm this not oh, Yeah, yeah.
0: Floods, it. easy, no question about it. Let's just go to the notes. It's got that treacherous riff, kind of like what we saw in 10s. Clean vocal just followed up. It's doubled up like the... Uh, with the spoken word, demonic kind of feel that they were going for on this album. it's another occasion where we've heard that. But for the first three minutes, you kind of picture it. Chapter one, dark clouds blanketing the sky over a ruined city, rife with disease, poverty and corruption. And then as soon as Phil Anselmo goes, or actually more of when he goes extinguishing the sun, wash away, man, and then flood, 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 and the beat, and just the breakdown riff hits. That's when the thunder starts clapping, that's when the lightning starts flashing, and trouble is about to wreak, wreak incredible havoc across this ruined city, and then that solo. The first things first, the build-up, just that little clean bit, before the solo, and then it hits, and then you can just picture that rain start falling down, and then when they go back to the, breakdown now all of a sudden everything is ruined it's just ravaging this city and then that little clean outro everything's over houses are gone trees have collapsed power lines are crushed and it's just the sun breaks still a little bit of a light drizzle coming down and there's just this there's just nothing it's barren and the people are just sitting on their roofs watching that storm pass them by Floods, floods, hands down. No, no need to boo What, what a song! What an and solo! It is the
2: Pantera song. I think that's just, it's it's just the best Pantera song, out of like every single one. Like yeah, that 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 breakdown. Um, after like you just said, like extinguishing, extinguishing the soul or something. that he said. the sun? Oh, yeah. And it just slides back up and down. It's just, like, one of, like, the, the heaviest sounding riffs ever. Like, it's it's, it's oh, God, I can't stop saying, sorry. It's the passion. Um, Yeah, it's just amazing. I just, yeah, I love that song.
0: And I want to also give points to Rex Brown, because I think that's some of his best bass playing as Dimebag's Shredding Away in that iconic solo.
1: That's funny, because I remember reading that Rex Brown didn't like what he did uh, in that song. Really? Yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. Oh yeah, no. I I got to agree though. That's definitely some of the best playing is done in that song. Best playing from Dime. Some some of Phil's best vocals, honestly. I I like his little falsetto singing. Like you don't really expect it. Yeah. Uh, from of all people, uh, Phil Anselmo.
0: Is that the parts where he's kind of going, let you?
2: Yeah. I, I thought it was just some like little girl that he'd gone into the studio or something. <laughs> I didn't realize that was him. I thought no, it was, was like, like, you know, really? <laughs> yeah. I never knew
1: that. Yeah. No, um, yeah, it's something you don't expect from Phil and Selma. Um, I loved the chords that they, that they played in like the little bridge part as well, where he's doing the narration, um, and stuff. The song kind of has like this very gothic feel, I think, to it as mm. well. It's a bit typo negativey. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. But yeah, just, just the, the Pantera song. You want a Pantera song? Look up Floods. It's the song. So, uh, my pick is World to Come. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm speaking for all of us when I say that. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Can we kick him up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, definitely Floods.
1: Floods for sure. Yeah, Floods,
0: mate. Uh, I'm glad we all came together for that one, did you? My oh my. What a picture that song builds. I... Yeah, it's one of those songs I really cannot envision anything. it's one of the most perfect songs that you can at least visualize. It doesn't you might not even like the song. I mean, my goodness, my goodness why, but uh, at the same point you can visualize what this song is kind of overlaying something. I re- I hope there's some creative person out there that can make like a short film in in conjunction with the song, because mm. I I would see the heck out of that. But yeah, floods, floods, yeah. floods, we're moving on. But World to Come was good.
1: World to Come was good. Yes, it was. But floods. Floods. Floods.
0: Floods. Floods, floods. The Underground in America is up next. Comes up immediately following, and that's going to go up against From Mars, the, the first half of the title track. I guess the title tracks, or title tracks, it's split into two parts, because it's just called from Mars and it is another one of those interlude tracks I think it's a little bit more interesting than unicorn but it, it I think this is another one of those battles which is a bit of a mismatch
1: yeah um I liked from Mars probably not enough to to pick it but like I thought it was really interesting <laughs> I liked the it's like the finger picking style guitar they had in it um the vocals kind of caught me off guard as well in it as well they surprised me when I first listened to it Cause I, cause when I heard the guitar, I'm like, ah, I saw it was like two minutes. So I'm like, ah, another, another unicorn. And then the vocals came in. I'm like, Ooh, hello. Um, and this, the song kind of like slowly builds a little bit as well. Like there's a bit more layers to the vocals and stuff as well. Kind of also gave me a King Gizzard vibe. Well, I guess maybe King Gizzard got the vibe from Gojira, but yeah, kind of just gave me that, like, I guess a little bit medieval. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Underground in America, on on the other hand, um, that guitar is probably tuned to, like, the lowest possible tuning a guitar can go to, <laughs> and it is absolutely amazing. I've got a theory about this song, where Dimebag was one day just messing around his guitar, and he just tunes his guitar all the way down, and he just writes, like, a bunch of riffs for it, just randomly, and then, like, the band hear him or something, and they're like, damn, we should make that a song. So they just make it a song and just jam to it the whole time. And they just put it at the end of the album as two songs. That That's my theory about the underground in America. It's not very revolutionary, but... It does make sense. Something, it's like B standard or something, A
2: standard. It is incredibly low. Yeah. It's one of those ones that I I wanted to learn a while ago and I looked it up and the tuning was out. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe I won't. <laughs> I don't want to do that to my Don't want to ruin the strings today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um I I liked From Mars. Like it it's not typically my style of song. I think I just like the lyrical content a lot. Gave me like almost like um uh, like ground control to Major Tom. What is that song called? Oh
0: uh, do I don't know. Um I know what you're talking about, I've forgotten the title. Damn. David Bowie. David yeah, David Space Bowie. Space Odyssey. That's Space, it. yeah,
2: Space Odyssey. Also like a little bit of like Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. You know, just wanting to get away from civilization and floating into space, going somewhere new. I really I really like that sort of edge to it. And, you know, space is this big and scary place <laughs>
0: where
2: you can get away from all your problems.
0: It is really funny and, how much you know, Gojira fun. is playing at my space nerd self, like just the inner space nerd that I have, and it's bringing it out of me, this album, from Master to Sirius. Ah... Uh. Hmm. So is is that really all we're going to be taking away from the underground in America by how low the guitar is tuned?
1: Oh no! I had more points.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. Long, long screams. It's a four minute fu. That's that's pretty much how I got away. But I have no idea how to decipher that solo in Run.
1: I I remember the first time I listened to that. I thought it was a fiddle
0: a fiddle in pantera.
1: Yeah, I I was like I was thinking to myself like what is that a fiddle and then I listened closely and he's, he's got a a tremolo effect on it and I'm like oh that's that's weird as hell. I was not expecting that. Um yeah, it's it's a weird one. And he kind of switches to like the normal guitar sound I'm, um, like, in the middle of it, um, but it's, it is a bit of an odd solo, like, he switches up, kind of goes a bit nuts, and then goes to that classic, like, blues style that he does, the whole song's weird, though, I feel like, it. they're just jamming the whole time, it, even though there's structure to it, there's, like, different parts, there's so many parts that it just feels like they're all just messing about, and just, like, what, what can we do, what can we possibly do to make it, like, weird, or just to, just to see what we can do, and, they just went with it. They, they came up with a main riff and then they used it one more time in the song. The rest of it's just, you know, crazy, crazy rhythms, a lot of screaming. It, like everyone just feels like they're on the same wavelength, except it's just all over the place. Um, I like the thing is though. I think this all of the groove switches are really cool because they they kind of work, but at the same time it's just chaos. Um, and then you've got like right at the end, the the weird like industrial in your face fuzz sounding, like feedback. And then you've got Phil and Selmer. The just the trend, trend is, is dead. dead. Um, yeah, it's just yeah that song is chaotic. Um, it's definitely like a must listen when I listen to the album. Though no, like you could end at floods, but the underground in America. Absolutely ripper of a song, so heavy. If if you if you want to if you want your brain to just be lost for a few seconds, listen to the Underground in America.
0: I'll need your take, Darcy. Imran, everything Imran's described about what he loves about this song is what I hate about it. I do not like dime bag in this song at all. (laughs) The trend is dead, saves it. I'm saying that that will definitely save it, and I'm going to pick it over From Mars because there's more to work with. But oh, I don't know. I don't know, Darcy. A lot of the crazy chaos there didn't sit right with me.
2: I I really like underground in America. All right. Then I'm on everything my own. From that, yeah. Sorry. See you later. Um, I think everything from that sort of that first, like feedback fade into the start that kind of goes into that harmonic riff, like that to kind of kick everything off and every single riff from there is completely gold. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's. I I think I've said it like three times now. I think this is one of my favorite songs on the album. It really just like kicks things off. And the, the guitar solo at the end is also like incredibly interesting and out there, a lot different than... For someone who said that I didn't like guitar solos, <laughs> I've, I've said a lot of guitar solos are good on this. You really um, have. Yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just him. But yeah, no, great song. I like it. Definitely definitely remember it more than From Mars.
0: Yeah, no. fair enough. There we go, the power of Dimebag, run. It's gotten Darcy, who hates guitar solos, to like guitar <laughs> solos.
1: What can I say? It's Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. Yeah, Dimebag.
0: So I'm gonna say all three of us are probably taking the underground in America.
1: I feel like yours has a very big asterisk on it, Jason.
0: Well, there's more to work with than From Mars. It wasn't so bad, clean melody, nice bass, hearing a bit of sliding going along, and the whisper vocals, Eh, take it or leave it other than that we're going to end the great southern trend kill with reprise sandblasted skin and that's going up against too serious second half of the title track I'll say for Gojira competitive, competitive uh, interesting way to end great southern trend kill it's a continuation, still doesn't relent and it's a chugger it's a chugger and a chugger, I'll say chugger again to emphasize the point, it's a chugger too Serious. serious there's some ruthless riffing going on there
1: yeah, to Sirius, I like how it just feels like it explodes in from Mars after that finishes. Very, very bass heavy. This song, I realized maybe part way through, this could be like an old medieval folklore style song if you like take away all the distortion and stuff, which I does not take away from the song. I, I really like that. I I like the little guitar harmonic stuff that they do in the in the first bridge. Um, it's kind of the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and then it's like a little harmonic thing doing like going under it i really like that and they bring in the blast beats of course in classic gojira style i like the really weird guitar rhythms over that they kind of continue like just with that for the rest of the song but i think it's really interesting um i don't know like the the groove change and stuff it it was weird but it worked with this song um, and I really like the big screams at the end as it's fading out. Um, there's another thing about this album in particular. Whenever they fade out a song, it fades out for like over a minute.
0: Yeah, I didn't like that.
1: I, I just think it's absolutely insane. Like, you, you, whenever you think of a song fading out, you think, ah, oh, you know, 10 seconds at most. But like, uh, you sit there and you're just like, damn, it's still going. That's kind of wild. It just keeps going. I, I didn't mind it.
0: I did. Not a fan.
2: It gave you time to think. <laughs> I guess that might be what they're trying to do, but
1: yeah, that's not resonating. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, reprise, sandblasted skin. You're just going straight back into the action after the... Un- just when you think it's ending, the trend is dead. No, it's not. You're straight back in. Very bouncy riffs. It is a chugger. I really love that breakdown riff Um, that just goes into like half, half, half time. Just absolutely insane. Fades out, it's like a minute and 45 of nothing and fades back in for just n- no reason other than why not. That's the reprise. One of my all-time favorite lines of like all time is, you won't need that anymore, it's on sale at the redacted dollar store. Absolutely amazing. Other than that, it- it's just, you know, the underground in America, but but if you wanted more, I guess. I'm gonna pick Gojura. I I would say, I think to serious of
2: all things, reminded me of Godsmack. You know, that kind of like weird huh. sort of like slammy. I don't know why. I think it's because, like you said, it has like a weird medieval element to it. And Godsmack made a song for a video game called Prince of Persia. And that has like really big um like medieval like influences in it too. And it, I just couldn't stop thinking about it the whole time. I was like, "Oh, this song sounds a, a lot like Godsmack. His voice, like his vocals, are a lot quite. I feel like slammier in that way. That that kind of it really hit that like. Oh yeah, this song was definitely made in two thousand and five. Like, um, just the, I don't know that kind of vibe for me. And in comparison, with Sandblasted Skin being like the final track of the Great Southern Trendkill, I don't think. I think it's kind of a weak ending to the to the album I, I think it's hard to say like especially with that the reprise at the end that riff the din in and in and in and I don't think that was sort of powerful enough to send things off and leave me like thinking well about that song it's It's a hard decision for me this time I'd say it's, um I'd probably have to go to serious just because like it it stuck with me
0: more Uh, I'm leaning Gojira I think as well long fade out aside it's got a strong breakdown that doesn't relent well it was a bit the riffs that led into that breakdown was split into three and I was a bit unsure as why that middle bit was there but reasonably okay transitioning all the same Sirius wasn't a favourite of mine across that entire album but uh it might be the one I end up going over reprise. I think going a minute and a half silent and then 20 seconds of extra instrumental probably didn't appeal to me. That's probably an indictment on me, but ah, come on, you you had it right, you faded it out, you were fine, Pantera. You didn't need to come back and leave us waiting. Whatever. Anyway, I think I'm going to join you guys to serious. That'll be my point as well. Uh, and with that, we've finished the Great Southern Trendkill. It didn't end on a point, but it is done nonetheless. Now the ultimate question is this: Imran and Darcy, does global warming get a gold star? Uh, nah. No. I
1: w- I wasn't a massive fan of this song. I, l- I like it
2: again. I like its lyrical content. It kind of reminded me, like, if you watch like Planet Earth Two with David Attenborough. It, like, always ends on, like, a sad note. <laughs> it's like, all of this is going to die. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Roll this credits. Global
0: Warming by Gojira.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I don't think it gets the gold star for me.
0: It's my favourite song from Master Sirius. Huh. Yeah. It was the guitar melodies that made up the main riff, and it was a very satisfying breakdown. And just, I'm, I will say, I'm not particularly a fan of some of the outros that Gojira have done on this album, specifically from songs like Where Dragons Dwell and Too Serious, and I think just those ones where they spend a good minute and a half to maybe even two minutes of just the same riff going on and on and then fading out over 30 seconds to a minute. But Global Warming, I think, was the exception to the the rule I made when listening to this one, because I enjoyed the hooks of We Will See Our Children growing and the supporting music underneath it
3: hmm
1: mm. yeah i thought it just went too long yeah <laughs> i think is it the longest song on the album i think it might be oh i don't know i think that. it is
0: 750 it clocks in at yeah I'm trying to think how flying long
2: is whales? flying whales is pretty long right i think that was just I, under it seven. must be yeah yeah
0: it's either this one or flying whales you would be right in that regard uh, no but still I maintain I think global warming is probably gonna be my favorite track off from master series it's the one I it's the one I took away the most it was the one that kept staying in my head after listening to this album and you know I guess that leaves a good impression for a closing track uh there was some there was a sense of catharsis listening to global warming concluding this one
2: real uplifting message of like if we get through the global warming crisis, we might get chased through the forest by an unknown terror. <laughs> we might see magic dragons. So much, so much could happen. The heaviest I mean, matter in the universe may together. crash
1: into Earth.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: might happen That'll one be, day. It would be terrible for you, Darcy. Whales are going to start flying.
2: Oh, no, no, not again. Fear
1: every day. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, you heard it here first. Jason supports global warming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Thanks, Darcy. And that's
1: This is the last episode of the Great Metal Standards. Damn, yeah. and we, had, we had some good ones
0: planned, but yeah, we've got to pack it up. We're done. Yeah. Nah, gold star, global warming. Thank you very much.
1: Um,
2: what do you think of uh, global warming in comparison to... Uh, sandblasted skin as a finisher like as a closer
1: of the album. i think it's a better closer
2: think? yeah uh, i think so yeah
1: too. i'd say it's a better closer than sandblasted skin i think just because uh, the tapping was at least a little bit more interesting and um some of the um like the power cord stuff even there's a bit of alice in chains in that as well which i thought was kind of interesting yeah, I think the reason I'm not picking it is just because I think it went for too long and all the riffs just were a bit too repetitive.
0: I love how you managed to mesh anything into Alice in Chains, Imran.
1: <laughs> the
0: amount of times we've done give, podcasts like give this, go, i got a... an Alice in Chains vibe out of this. Well,
3: it, it
2: was kind of grungy, like World well to Come, very grunge.
0: Well, yeah so, yeah, so really, it was only the song in like run that did it in.
1: Mo, that's like the main reason. I guess, uh, I mean, the, I think the tapping just got repetitive as well, like, I'm, I'm a fan of guitar tapping, but, like, when it's used as, as a riff, instead of just, like, you know, kind of a cool thing they do in the middle, you're like, oh, that's, yeah. that's cool, it's fast, As a little appetizer, um, yeah, uh, instead, it's just, like, the main thing, and then, by, like, halfway, you're just, like, ah, more, and more tapping, like, you know, we, we get it, you, you could you can use two hands on the guitar, it's cool.
0: I guess the other part of it that uh, I guess the only other final bit that I would use to just attempt to sway you is that despite it being a very elongated outro and that we will see our children growing being repeated again and again and again and again, I will understand the criticism if that's one of your main criticisms of it. Yeah, repetition can be a bit dull after a while, but I think just as that song fades out, it goes. It slowly but surely goes from clean singing to a bit more of a growling style as we're fading out or as we're ending the album. And I think that's a nice little way to kind of maybe end it on, like, not really quite put a full stop on the album, but put a a dot, 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 like, the end or is it kind of thing. You know, the sense of finality or is it a happy ending or is it a cathartic ending? Uh, But, yeah, other than that, I don't think there's any other other points I can make to try and sway you to, so... Eh?
1: It was definitely a better outro than Pantera. Still not giving it a star.
0: And you're and you're agreeing with that, Darcy.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I am. Alright, well then that's the battle then, everyone. So that was re- that was a fun one. That was a very competitive one, and I'm looking at the scorecard right now and it it was a close one. It was a definite close one. I'm a one. bit
1: scared, not gonna lie.
0: Okay. We'll start with Imran then. Seven to four in the favour of Trend Kill. So that's a point to Pantera. Huh. For myself, I was surprised by this one. I thought I'd, I thought I'd go to, I thought I'd go Pantera, but I've actually gone Gojira five to seven. So that's so uh, we're currently at a tie right now, and the result rests on our guest Darcy, and he's he's quite perplexed actually. He's he's starting to get a little bit apprehensive as to how this is going to go. I'll yeah, say it, it, it was a no close idea, one. Actually, it was by one point. Pantera five. Gojira six. The winner of this battle is Gojira from Master Serious. Wow,
2: I'm actually really surprised by that. So am I. Um,
0: but I'm pleasantly yeah. surprised by that. That's I not think, bad.
2: I think I kind of mentioned at the start. I think I, I like compared to the last time I listened to the Great Southern Trend Kelvin was a pretty long time ago. I think just like the constant hyper aggression and like jarring tonal shifts kind of get to me a little bit. And, like, Gojira is more of, like, a sort of a straightforward experience. It, like, it knows what it's doing the whole time. You know, it doesn't switch up so much. It has one kind of story to tell throughout the whole thing. It's almost like a concept album kind of thing. I just like that.
0: That was actually something I did have about from our series. That's why I'm so surprised that my votes ended up going Gojira's way because I don't listen to death metal, and I'm not that big of a death metal man, but... uh. This was a style that left me very curious and left me looking for more similar to this. So I will admit, the more, before coming into this, just before we started recording, I, I was sitting here thinking, if Gojira ever entered this arena again, if we ever did another Gojira standoff, I feel like Meshuggah would end up being the opponent next time round.
1: Hmm, that'd be interesting.
2: Well, I was actually talking to a friend that I was going to record that this today, and I accidentally kept keep call, kept calling Gajira
1: Meshuggah. Really? So I think it would Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so I think that would work.
1: I think Masuga would be interesting because you've got the same thing that we've just done where it's like two almost pretty much death metal bands but kind of in different directions or in different kind of styles of death metal, I guess. So Meshuggah is...
2: I, I'm going to be honest. I
1: don't think I've ever listened to Masuga.
2: I don't think I've ever really come across it.
1: Pretty much sounds like... Uh, have you ever been inside of a factory with a bunch of machines? Yeah, I have they Just like grinding together? Kind of sounds like that. Yeah. That's what sort of Sugar sounds like, but very, grind, very loud. Grind call? Uh, it's not... Yeah. <laughs> no. it's <laughs> no, <that's> a joke. <laughs> no, it just sounds like steel and iron.
0: You surprised with how your votes win, Imran?
1: Uh, I was kind of expecting Pantera to jump ahead. Kind of. After re-listening to him, I wasn't too sure. Uh, it, I think it could have gone any other way, but like, I'm not really that surprised. I picked Pantera at the end, because that's the one I've listened to more than out of the two.
0: As the big Pantera fan, run, if it was Volga Display or Cowboys from Hell or maybe a Far Beyond Driven going up against From Mars to Sirius, do you think From Mars to would have been blown out a little bit more?
1: I think if it was Cowboys or Vulgar, Master Sirius would have won. Okay, ooh. If it was um, far beyond driven, I think that would have been very tight. Similar to this. Yeah,
2: I'm struggling to remember the songs that are run far beyond driven.
1: I think if uh, it was literally any other of alone. those
2: songs. Ah, oh, yeah, oh, that's a not um, right one. I'm, I think if I'm it was broken. In... Any song against Floods, like literally any song on this list against Floods, I'd rather listen to Floods than any other song by Gajira or, or Pantera. And it's got
0: everything, pinch, harmonics, guitar, solos, and clean singing, wow. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, if there's one thing the listeners have learned this week, is that I'm not to be trusted.
0: And also, <laughs> also, they should listen to Floods
2: yeah they should listen to floods
0: yeah well there you go that that was actually a really fun one and I I anticipated it being pretty tight and it did end up getting pretty tight darcy this was a really fun podcast to have you and I'm very glad that you're part of the mosh pit team and spreading the good name of death metal into the into the pit which is a a nice little range to see because again I'm not that well versed in imran is to a certain extent he go he went on his dingy dark adventures all those years ago and uh <laughs> but it's good to see some some of that style continuing on the main radio show. And we're very thankful that you are willing to take some time out to have a bit of a long form chat here on the pod.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I had to put my thinking cap on and really <laughs> dig deep into the songs. But yeah, it was fun. Uh, I've been I've been wanting to come on this little side project for a while.
0: Oh that's great. So, yeah,
2: I'm, gl- that's I'm very glad kind I finally of you had the opportunity to, to do so.
0: Let's uh let's hope this isn't the last one. We'll hopefully get you back on before year's end. How about that?
2: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Cool. To finally wrap hell everything yeah. up, Imran. Oh, oh sorry, do you wanna say something?
1: That's all I wanted to say is hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah, good. That's yeah,
1: his catchphrase. My sugar Yeah, Sugar vs <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: Um yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's dimes band, right?
0: Uh Hell Yeah was Vinnie Paul. Damage plan was done. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, de- well, technically, Vinnie, Paul, and Dime was his dan- damage plan. But anyway, to wrap things uh, up, yeah, if we could get your favourite three from each.
2: I definitely Floods at the top, Tens, and then maybe Suicide Notes Part 1. And from Mars to Sirius, I would probably go Backbone, um, The Heaviest Matter in the Universe, because it is the heaviest matter in the universe. And, oh, I'm struggling to think of a segment. Probably Ocean Planet, like because I love that classic 90s death metal sound.
0: Yeah, that's up there for me, actually, Darcy. Well, for me, Gojira, Global Warming, that's number one. I think World to Come would be number two, and I'm struggling here with number three, whether it's Flying Whales or Ocean Planet or The Heaviest Matter in the Universe or even Where Dragons Dwell. I was a fan of that one. I think, hmm, I reckon I'll stick with the... mm, Yeah, the heaviest matter in the universe. I think I'm going to stick with that one, but Ocean Planet was pretty close, and Flying Whales, too. Definitely honourable mentions there. Pantera, Floods, Drag the Waters. What do I want to say next? Do I want to say TENS, or do I want to say... Suicide Note Part 1, or do I want to say... Oh, I think TENS. I think it's... Yeah, Floods, Drag the Water, TENS. I think they're my three. Imran?
1: Nice. um... The Heaviest Matter of the Universe, obviously. Flying Whales, obviously. And World to Come, I reckon. And for Trend Kill, Floods, 100%. 13 Steps, even though I didn't pick it, that's in the top three. And... The Great Southern Trend Kill.
0: And that's the battle. Darcy, thanks again.
2: Yeah, thank you. I'll see you guys around.
0: Till the next battle, Imran. See you later. And yes, Gojira, they walked away with a win in a close battle in the end. I think that was to be expected. Now, normally at this point, I would wrap up everything we've talked about in the last hour and a half in a couple of paragraphs, maybe even a few sentences, and then say, metal up your ass, goodbye. However, we need to let you in on a little bit of the illusions of podcasting, and that is when we, record, we recorded that conversation, Imran and I, with Darcy on, it was, I believe, Monday the... It was Monday the 11th of July, or Tuesday the 12th of July, I think, was the recording date that we did that. The very next day... I've had to drag Imran back in to do this outro with me because the surviving members of Pantera, Phil Anselmo and Rex Brown, have announced a a Pantera reunion tour in 2023. Despite the fact that here in Australia, we're not going to get anything, but it is a tour of North America and it is a Pantera reunion of sorts. Imran, I had to drag you in for this outro to get your thoughts on this as the big fan you are.
1: Oh, man. I... All I'm saying is I'm praying they come to Australia. May, may as well make it one one big final world tour. I I was very pleasantly shocked when I, the next day, right after I did a podcast about Pantera, to hear that Pantera were getting back together.
0: That was nuts. We all sign off with us and then the next day. The next day. <laughs> the next day. we Literally, we signed off recording and then the next
1: day the news dropped. Jeez. Insane. Crazy the way the world works.
0: What were your what were your initial thoughts when this happened?
1: Um I I don't even remember. My mind was just like what? I remember sending it to one of my friends who's also a Pantera fan and we we're both just like what? Um Yeah. Um this is very interesting. Um, I remember when they when I first heard the news they hadn't announced who was replacing Dime and Vinny. So millions of uh, ideas, you know, racing through my head. Who could it have possibly been? But of course, it was going to be Zach Wilde.
0: That was a shoe in, surely.
1: Yeah, silly of me to think otherwise. Because I, I don't think I can think of any other guitarist that potentially live up to the name of Dimebag. And you know, Zach Wilde is. I, I never got really heavy into Zach Wilde, but everything I've heard of Zach Wilde is just insane. The, especially the um. The pinch harmonics that Darcy hated so much. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. I reckon he'll nail them on the the Pantera stuff. Um, So, yeah, I think it'll be very interesting. And, you know, if they don't come to Australia, I'm hoping to get some solid live shows, at least on YouTube or something. The drummer, Chris... uh, What's his name? Charlie Benante from Anthrax. That's the one. Um, Never was a heavy Anthrax. I, I don't think I've ever actually listened to Anthrax.
0: I've never deep dived Anthrax before. I tried, um, I think it was the "Spreading the Disease" album. I tried out not too long ago, but uh, at the very at the very extent of it, I think that's about it. But no, that that's exciting. I mean, yeah, there's not too much to say about that. He's just probably easily a terrific drummer.
1: mean, uh, yeah. I, if you can drum the Pantera songs, then it's a good drummer in my books.
0: Very true. The only debatable thing about this whole ordeal is, is that obviously it's the shock of a Pantera reunion in the first place comes from when we still had Vinnie Paul with us. That was always going to be off the table because of how uh, Pantera was, but the dynamic between the the Abbott brothers and Phil Anselmo in the final years, that would have and uh, inevitably led to their breakup. The, the, those last few years led to Vinnie Paul never, you know, vowing to never speak to Anselmo ever again. And, you know, he kept that word up until his passing in 2018. So it is very... Str- I think that's what has created such a shock about it. it. and uh, kind of
1: poses the question as well. One thing that I've been questioning is, is this really a Pantera reunion or a, a, a Pantera plus company kind of tour?
0: That sounds like the debate across the general metal world from hearing the news too but to the point though even when we still had vinnie paul if ever whenever there was fans ever clamoring for a pantera reunion they always cited zach wild as the guitar player to take plot, take the the reins of Dimebag, but obviously vinnie paul there was no way that was ever going to be happening so yeah. that goes back to the point of this is very surreal for it to be happening now but it is a reasonable point to be at least questioning what is it is it a proper pantera reunion or is it the pantera and company having a i don't want to say nostalgia run but
1: yeah you know. yeah to an extent i guess it kind of would be but um i guess it's just you know two old pantera members plus two guys who are who obviously are fans of pantera just playing the pantera songs for people and at the end of the day they're going to see the pantera songs
0: I guess it would, I guess it's just nice to have the band name. You're going to a Pantera show. Obviously,
1: yeah. Anselmo and
0: Brown, they have their own separate projects, and I'm sure when they do live shows, like, for instance, you know, Down and The Illegals and the Rex Brown projects, they'd be performing Pantera songs anyway at their shows. So yeah. it's pro- It's more just to make it a bit more of an official thing But hey, listen, whether we're going to debate this, it's going to be debated a lot through the next few months, but at this point in time, with, you know, days out from the, news being announced, I mean, hey, great, we're getting Pantera again. Like we're getting official Pantera exactly. again. So that can only mean a good thing. And plus, I think it has also been confirmed that the estates of the Abbott brothers have got their have given permission for this to go ahead. So you could you would you would you can assume you can safely assume that there's uh, you know, good intentions held by all parties.
1: I've always said to myself, if I was to ever like go back in time or like just not even go back in time, but to, if I was to only ever see one band ever again, it would probably be Pantera. So, getting there. Get, getting very close.
0: It's the closest you'll get, uh, for, at least for our demographic, because yeah. we, were, we were tiny little children when Pantera had ended.
1: Yeah, I don't think I was... Was I born? I probably was, actually, but yeah.
0: I was definitely born when they were still a band, but uh, two years old when they played their last show, so that wouldn't have... So completely would have missed it, but... No that that's it's it's really exi- I'm it was a very amazing to wake up to those news the next day after filming that this battle so we just wanted to get together and talk about that episode briefly and try and you know keep ourselves as topical as we can but uh, no exciting times ahead and yeah let we're Australian we're not going to get I don't think we're going to get anything major but let's hope we do let's, yeah. have fun Opti- I can see optimism. Imran gag, over our Zoom call here, Imran is gag, and please come to Australia, please come to Australia, because he'd be the first one at the ticket. Vent. He'd oh, yeah. be the first one at the ticket box. <laughs> I'm sure oh. the
1: rest of his band would too. Oh yeah, definitely. I'd I'd drag him along. it would be a it'll be a nice little band trip, just in the mosh pit of the Pantera show. <laughs>
0: And with that, I think we should uh, wrap the podcast up officially now. This is the first time Imran's ever joined me for an outro. So uh, I guess the final point we just need to say is, despite all the news, we still want to emphasize, Gojira did win this battle between uh, from Master Series versus the Great Southern Trendkill. And again, it was a very competitive one, Imran.
1: It was. I'm still thinking about that a, a week later as we're recording this. I still think about the Pantera and Gojira did I, I, I... stumbled my words there so bad. Hang on. <laughs> the Pantera and Gojira. I'm going to leave it at that. they Be- are <laughs>
0: all going off the rails here, <laughs> fun with I think. That one. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I think we'll just leave it in as it is. its That's has been a bit of fun to have. This is very casual. Um, other than that, I think... I guess the next... I'm, I think after the battle that we just did here, I reckon Gojira will probably make another appearance on the standoff soon because there's still a little bit of Gojira that I'm pumping out since we finished recording that. I'm still listening to Global Warning, still Global Warming, I should say. I'm still listening to The Heaviest Matter of the Universe, still listening to actually most of the top three songs that I listed in the battle. Uh, but I just think the opponent next time might be Meshuggah Imran.
1: I'm keen to, to put sugar up against Gojira. I think that'll be very interesting.
0: Hopefully that's a battle down the line. In the meantime, facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod if you want to stay up to the step to date with the podcasts in real time. We also put polls up. We run in conjunction with Mosh Pit on Sin, the main metal show, which you can hear 8 p.m. Thursday nights at syn.org.au, 90.7 FM, DAB plus digital radio from your preferred device, all streaming platforms. You can even go on iHeartRadio. We run in conjunction with that show as kind of like the side podcast, and we put polls up on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod and facebook.com forward slash Mosh Pit on Sin. That's all for... I think that's about it, run. So till the next battle... Metal up your ass, pal!
1: Metal up your ass.